0: Live from the Battle Born Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Johnson, to the righty, starts left. Top of the left circle,
1: towards the net. He scores. Chicago wins.
0: It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Five o'clock hours here. Adam Hill, Cofield. Good stuff on the way. Lots of NFL in the middle of the hour. There's something weird going on with the Denver Broncos and interviews for their open D.C. position. So we'll hit on that. We've got to discuss what's going on, according to uh, Adam's newspaper, with the Rio. That's definitely in the sports forefront. But March is almost here which means all the tournaments are coming to town. Conference tournaments, handing out bids to the NCAA tournament. Not everyone makes the NCAA tournament. We know there's usually a robust bubble. And then the NIT is filled up with the next 32 teams. And the NIT is actually going to be in Vegas. Not the whole tournament because they play at home venues, but the semis and the final are in Vegas at the Orleans Arena. So we're talking high-level basketball, and we've got tickets right now. Want to check out the details? Go to Ticketmaster.com to get your tickets. But Ari's got a pair right now, three six four eleven hundred, three six four one one zero zero. 1100 Ticketmaster.com as you can grab the tickets. It's the NIT semis and finals. We've got tickets, a four-pack for the semis, Tuesday, March 28th. Can't get enough college basketball, especially around Las Vegas. Madison, no. Madison Square Garden West. It's my favorite time of the year. It's fantastic. It's probably yours because minus the parking fees, uh, you can hit like four tournaments in a day. That's rough. Are you doing that again? I mean, you are a columnist now, so I don't geez. know if that means you get to do what you used to do or – I'll be out looking for columns. Okay. Definitely going to write one on BYU. You always do. And the, and the readers in Vegas love that. That's, uh-huh. That is a joke that has been going on. Wrote, it's not that funny for about 13 one, years because you write – One, one yep, profile. And, then, and then you were called a cougar homer, which is one of the most hilarious – you're called a lot of things. It's true. One of the most hilarious – well, it is the second most hilarious thing that I've heard – said about you that you're a BYU homer now next to uh, Dana White from the UFC saying you're too old to consume his product. You're too old. That's hilarious.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised you actually didn't bring up my Sunday column on slap, slap fighting.
1: I didn't see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh I'll, I'll read it. I'll read it before the end of the show. It but better it, be positive. Uh, Tonight the slapping's back. I don't think
2: you're going to like the lead.
1: Did you write about the uh, the guy kicked off the show for cocaine? Well, did I you wrote, even see that? No,
2: no. that's what it got to. That's what I it essentially was based on that. Um, yeah. But I did compare slap fighting to the guy on Fremont Street who was one of my favorite people who holds a sign that says, kick me in the junk for
1: $20. I, I mean, don't... don't why don't, Why isn't the Nevada Athletic Commission sanctioning that? Don't do... Could be next.
2: That's essentially what I said. It could be if next. you're going to sanction slap fighting, sanction this guy. He's... Fan- I mean... He draws a crowd. People love watching him. What's the difference? No defense? All offense?
1: There's no difference. I will not comment until I read the story. I want to give you a fair chance. We were just talking about last hour, Nate Oates, the Alabama coach, making a comment, sort of clunky, about his player being involved in a murder and what, in a long quote, the only thing that really got pulled was wrong place, wrong, time. wrong place, wrong time. And I read some story in the Tuscaloosa news written by a Chase Goodbread, who I think has been covering Bama for a while. And that was the column. It was just like, you know, wrong place, wrong time, like wrong quote coach or wrong thing to say coach. Like, I, and when I saw it, I was like, I don't think that was all of what he said, but it, all, it also, this is why, like as much as fans want, like fans are dying to hear from the aces, about Erica Hamby and her mm-hmm. claims. This is why things get lured up. And one, the hope is they're forgotten. Sure. But two, most organizations are like, we're not going to talk about this. And their lawyers should be telling them, you're not going to talk about this. For Nate Oates to go out there and say anything on it was really stupid. But that's not a fireable offense just because he was too open and you know too dopey. Well, again, it, it, it it's... It depends on what the
2: actual facts of the case were. If the facts of the case were as reported, right. then NATO
1: should probably be fired. But as Justin Watkins was pointing out just a couple of minutes ago, the, the story isn't exactly what's been reported or may not be what's been reported. Right, and, and that makes
2: NATO's comment just disconcerting more than fireable. So there is, there is a pretty big difference. I mean, if, if, you, if you take the reports at face value, then that's not wrong place, wrong time, and that's, you know, why are you sticking up for this guy? Um, and, it, and it makes it seem like you're just doing it because you you know that's your only chance of winning a national title. But if he is, you know, if the kid did, did just make a unfortunate mistake
1: or if he didn't even know, that is different. Uh, we came in with some hockey highlights, VGK, but it was looking okay for a while. What happened? Yeah,
2: gave up a goal in the final minute uh, with about 54 seconds left and then were not able to score in overtime. They did survive a, a review at the end of overtime where Patrick Kane had a breakaway, fired a shot from around the blue line that found the back of the net, but it was after time had expired. Was it? It was. Okay. I mean, I, watching live, um, you know, as we were, you know, dominating in trivia with the uh, the game on, <laughs> up on the screen, uh, watching live, I was like, that's that's late. He was taking he was taking the shot as time expired. And it's not basketball where you can just take a shot and then, you know, because you hit it before the buzzer, it counts. Right. It has to go in. And so, yeah, it was to me pretty clearly. Now, the it was tough on the on the broadcast because there wasn't a whole lot of synchronicity between the clock and the replay. There was, you know, it was really shown up there. But um, to me, live, it looked very clearly late. Uh, and then on review, of course, uh, they did, you know, it did get overturned and didn't count. And then uh, they go to a shootout and uh, the Golden Knights aren't able to score on the shootout. And uh, they, they go down and get one point on the road against a pretty bad Chicago team.
0: Join Cofield and company on Fridays for the three to six show at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. There's nothing like a football Friday at Treasure Island. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Rolling on 5 o'clock hour. Adam Hill is here. Thanks to Battleborn for housing the show today. Ari's back in the Finley Toyota Studios, So, wanted to talk about the NBA second half. I think it's going to be awesome. I love that the trade deadline produced all these mega trades. Um, You got a lot of folks making that into a negative. Um, I like that players are empowered. I don't love that my Nets tried this little experiment with a big three and it, you know, turned into a total disaster, but uh, I like what they came out of it with. It's fine. You know what? Hey, the guys don't want to be there. You move on as long as you can get something. But what it's set up is this super set of teams like seven, eight deep and go down to the Lakers, just trying to get into the field of 10. The West is going to be nuts. And I still think the East is super fascinating. Um, I would assume now with, you know, 25 games left for most teams that, everyone's going to bust their hump and the stars sitting out for load management is going to end. I thought this was really interesting from young emerging superstar with the Wolves, Anthony Edwards, talking about he was basically just asked, "Hey, what bothers you about the league?
2: If there's anything I could change about the league to make it better?" Probably just all the guys sitting resting. That's the only thing I probably don't like. Just play, man. If you 80% said you got to play. I, I don't I don't like all the sitting missing games and stuff. Like These people might have enough money to come to one game. You know what I'm saying? And it, that might be the game they come to and then you sitting out.
1: Now, I especially love that point at the end. Now, I will say most NBA critics, and I, I hate to keep sounding ageist because I'm cracking on my age group. You're allowed to do that, right? I I think so. Hey, they're my people. Because the load management thing is red meat for my age group in the media, you know, led by like Bob Ryan, who's like 80, right? Back in my day. So it's their red meat, the load management stuff. It is a complicated issue, though. It is. Because on one hand, hey, you want to respect the players and they know their bodies and they want to make sure they're ready at the end of the year. You've got a whatever Anthony Edwards is, 23-year-old saying to the rest of the players, just play. Just play. Do you think he's out of turn saying that? Yeah. First of all, yes. You're
2: 23, and so, so it is a different situation. A lot of guys. in. I will say this to his point about sometimes people only have the, the money to go to one game. Right. It's true, and I will say I,
1: I think that's a great I, leg to stand on. My whole point, and my whole point was that that is the best argument of all of them that you're putting out a product that some people can only go to one game. Who knows? A year or every five years. But I don't truly believe that the people my age who complain about load management are upset about that part, and that's what's most upsetting.
2: Well, I have personal experience with this, and I'll tell you. Like, I did raise my little nephews right. They live in Denver, and I taught them to be Warriors fans as they should be. Ah,
1: uh, you're the worst.
2: They're born in the Bay Area. They just okay, that's good. So okay. I taught them to be like, Warriors fans. Fandom
1: is above everything. Keep as,
2: on. as they should be, and they they were able. To, they for Christmas. Oh no! Last year. They got tickets for the Warriors came to town to play the Nuggets. I mean, everyone's going to play. It's a big game. They didn't. Steph didn't play. Yep. It's, and it actually became a famous because I think Steph, like, ended up buying tickets for some kid that was there that had a sign, whatever it was. Yeah. And my, they complained to me. They were like, we wanted to go see Steph. You told us how great he was. We're going to see him in person. It was so fun. And I said, kids, shut up. They're five and seven. Oh, Shut up. Uh, please don't I please, did.
1: please tell me you didn't lecture them about being healthy for the playoffs. I said
2: we care about the playoffs God. in this in this family. That's we so do dumb. not
1: care about the regular season. You got
2: to see an NBA basketball game. We will enjoy a title at the end of the year. That's what it's about. It's not about it's not about seeing it. That's now, so dumb. I will say they did not understand what I was saying. They said that's crazy. We wanted to see Steph play. I get it. Like I get what Anthony Edwards is saying for sure. But this is done so that players can be playing at their highest level in the playoffs, which is what fans should probably be caring about. Now, I get it on a very micro level. If you're only able to see one game and your favorite player only comes to town once a year and that's the game that you go to, and you don't get to see him, that sucks. Yep,
1: It sucks. It does. But can I, can I'm I,
2: concerned about the playoffs.
1: The audience might be happy to hear this, like the alternate outcome to my life. In 1979, I was taken God, to a Yankee game by my cousin – along with my older brother, right? Uh, He had a white Cutlass. God, that was a nice car. (laughs) We go to Yankee Stadium, and I got to see Oscar Gamble and his batting stance and his fro. If that didn't happen, if he had load managed that day, none of this happens. Everyone listening right now now was like, why did Oscar Gamble have to play that day? That inspired you to go into sports broadcasting? Love sports after that. Saw the stadium, saw the experience. No, I made that up. But that was a game I went to, and it would have sucked as a kid. I actually, you know what's funny? I had it. I had, I what I believe was kind of load management in baseball. Most guys are not going to play one sixty two, but the SO paid a lot of tickets to go see to take me to see the Yankees against the Padres. Was it a day game after a night game? I don't remember. But Jeter didn't play. Yeah, I was, so I had I had I got load managed by Jeter.
2: But like there is, I I understand it's asking a lot for a lot of people, but there is times where you're. Like in baseball in particular, when I hear people complain about it. Like, do you really pay attention if you love this person know, so much? But you, you and the you, fact that if is, it's a day game after a night game I, and no, at the end of a road trip they're not gonna play?
1: People don't care. They pay their money. <sighs> we can know. afford what we can afford. Again, I will go back to you claim that you buy tickets, but you still don't think like a sports fan. You try to you you're next level thinking like a sports analyst, and that's not most fans like they got a day they can go. This is the money they have and when they go to a game they don't want to hear excuses as to why someone didn't play and like an iso spot is you can explain that one but if someone's missing in the NBA 24 games a year and you just can't get it right and hit the game where you want to see the person you want to see that sucks well uh, but won't those same people and th- this is where and I and I again I guess I
2: I get the thinking more simplistically but won't those same people be mad if their favorite team then doesn't win a title cuz a guy gets hurt in the playoffs which we've learned
1: through science actually is helped by resting. No one can prove that that one game, that game fifty-seven of the year, led to the injury that kept someone out in the playoffs. We, we have seen that being fresher helps so. not helps avoid injury. That's just fact. And so, and yes,
2: it doesn't guarantee anything. There's nothing certain, but that that is why it's done. It's not. It's I, not just that guys don't feel like playing today. It's why it's done.
1: I think there are some guys who who milk it a bit. Um, sure. Now, if I and were- LeBron
2: is, but he's because he, he's. He's played 1,000 thousand and yeah. well, fifteen thousand 15,000 games, whatever he's not He's
1: not a guy I get after. I mean, if he's doing it now, the fact that he's going to make it to, like, 40, 41, 42, whatever he's done over the years has worked, so I'm not going to question him on that. Um, but I will say, I'm trying to think, like, the average fan, and I am the average fan. When it comes to buying tickets, like, I don't want to pay a crap ton of money. They're way, the games are way too much across the board, and then I don't get to see the star I want to see. Um I will say, if I were a player who were 34, I would go up to Anthony Edwards and be like, "Bro, are you with us or not?" Yeah. Because I'm not with them, and I would, you know, point up to the box, the bosses. Like, if I were a player, I'd be like, "No, nah, no, nah, you don't do that. You don't step out of line." Yeah. Wait till Anthony Edwards is 30 and he's he's load managing, wow. and then you go back and play this clip. I'm, I'm sure someone will. Yeah. I'm sure you will. Of course. Maybe you'll be. Uh, well, who knows? Who knows? He's a pretty good player. He's a really good player. So I don't know I'm if he's gonna good. be. I don't know if he's gonna last in Minneapolis the entire time if they're not committed to winning. Who knows? Maybe we get the Wolves. If we get a, you know, a team to move instead of an expansion. Then we, can, then we can have Anthony Edwards on and say, you're playing every night, right? You're never going to set out a game? Never going to happen? Also thinking like a player if I'm in the NBA. You know who I don't need to tell me? I don't care how tough they think they are. What I don't need are cross-sport comments. Right? I don't need football players to comment on what I do. You know what you do. I do what I do. Okay? You can't play here. If you play in the NFL, you can't do what I do. And I'm not claiming I can do what you do, Micah Parsons.
2: So Micah Parsons isn't going to load manage in a 17-game season?
1: Do you play once a week? And that's the same? Well, I would demand that if there's 75 defensive snaps every game, he better be in on every single one. I bet you if Micah Parsons had three games in four days, he'd probably sit out the third game. So what did Micah Parsons say,
2: Cowboys linebacker, about – the NBA. Well, he's actually been weighing in a lot on a lot of different issues lately. Uh, he, I guess he feels empowered or something. And now especially it's at the offseason that he can jump in. But he jumped on Twitter and, quote, tweeted uh, what Anthony Edwards had said. Uh, and, you know, he, he went in and basically said the same thing that a lot of fans do, that he wouldn't do it. It's not something that he would do because he cares. And he cares. He care, right. He cares well, about. I
1: just, just said, now. I whispered, right. now.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, that, you know, he he is taking a very popular opinion on right. this of, you know, that's not that's not a choice that he would make. Of course, uh, every game is too important. Like every time you go out there, I don't miss games simply because you never know when your last game will be. Life is just so unpredictable. Okay. It's cheesy, but I like it. If I can breathe, you'll see number 11 with a star in his right. helmet every Sunday. You only get one shot at this opportunity. Yeah. He's he's Eminem at 8 Mile. I, I he's think, B-Rabbit. Yeah, Like dropping, dro- dropping lyrics <laughs> here. Uh, you only get one shot at this opportunity. And someone's always coming to replace you. Michael Parsons. Who opted out? Who opted out of a season at Penn State? You only get one opportunity. You never know when it's your last chance. Yeah, I'm out, bro. Why do you think
1: he was out? Ensuring his future. Of course. It wasn't worth the risk. Of course. Michael Parsons... 23, Anthony Edwards, 21. It's different. It's different.
2: You only get one shot.
1: Let's see what happens when contract negotiations come up, when he's due to get his first big contract. Let's see what ploys he's going to have to pull to make sure that he has the leverage. Because he will have to pull it. They're not going to hand over a big contract without a bit of a fight. What if they franchise tag him and he
2: he holds out? Woo! Got to play, bro. You only got one shot, Micah. <laughs> Keep the receipts. If I can breathe, you'll see number 11 with a star oh
1: in his helmet God. every Sunday. A little cheesy.
2: Okay. okay, Micah. A little cheesy.
1: But I like that he has opinions. And uh, according to Adam, uh, when Micah Parsons is like 34, he goes right into broadcasting, and you're going to welcome him with open arms because he's well, been entertaining and open. I will. That's
2: the kind of guy I want to see good chances. One opportunity. <laughs>
1: So big story of the day around the NFL, and yeah, uh, you know, each day brings a different big story. It's not about a quarterback today, although we do have some interesting stuff about the Denver Broncos situation coaching. I, It's getting funny, but uh, the Titans were one of the first teams to start releasing some bigger name guys. Taylor Luan and Robert Woods go. Yeah. We had mentioned this earlier in the show. If you missed it, make sure you listen to the entire show at lvsportsnetwork.com. Luan actually just sat down on a podcast his own with the GM of the Raiders, Dave Ziegler, and they had part of the conversation Ziegler rated both of the players and really gave him a strong opinion. It wasn't always good. It wasn't always good. And you walked away from it thinking was Ziegler telling Luan like think about what you're going to do that maybe football isn't for you anymore at age 32? I don't think I think it's 31
2: I don't know. Thirty-one, or 30, my thirty-two season, I yeah. think, will be coming up. Um, but yeah, I think it was. It wasn't even that he said you should probably you should probably be done. It was more the way he was talking about him because when he was giving him his scouting report, he said you were this, you were this. Hmm. This is what you were as a player, instead of this is what you are as a player. And I just took those
1: key words out. <laughs> like- I also loved he, a GM actually told in a public space also told a guy who was what 6'5", 3'10", that. You were weak, yeah, strength-wise. You weren't, the, you
2: weren't the strongest player at your position. Yeah. You had to rely more on technique. And again, we should we should point out, like, there is a relationship. He was, weirdly enough, Dave Ziegler was the high school guidance counselor of okay. Taylor Luan, uh, and coach uh, in high school. So there, there is a longstanding relationship. Are you close but... enough to
1: A.J. Cole where you could criticize his strength or his technique? I'll hit him up. Okay. Should I do I that I see right you now? try that.
2: But he's the best punter in the league. All what right. would I say?
1: Uh, So Ziegler has a a unique relationship with Taylor Luan, who is released. Now the – well, I was going to say the Titans have space. This was more of a let's get some space because we have none. Weren't they like 27? 25 million over. So 25 in the hole, and now now they've got like four under the cap. And they still have potentially some flexibility of Ryan Tannehill, who they most likely will move on from. Right. So on on this hole – and Luan is a July baby – so he's thirty-two this coming season. Yeah. You threw out the question about his podcast career. Is his broadcasting future good enough where he you just go, hey, you know what, I can make money. It's not gonna be as much as I've been making. He made forty five million in the last three years. But maybe there's so much potential in podcasting and the offshoots of that, I'm done with football. I don't I don't know that you who's, would who's good on the show. I've never listened to the show. Are they both good? It's not my cup of tea. I don't love the- it. I listen. Why is when it your cup of tea? Not highbrow enough.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're fine. Like, well, they- are the Kelseys? Is the Kelseys that- are better. Okay, so that's that, better that, that,
1: you It is your cup of tea. I'm gonna make the cup of it's, tea reference. Sure.
2: <laughs> it's such a dumb phrase. Uh, it is a better show. I think the Kelsey show is a better show. I, th- I mean, obviously, you know, the chemistry. Is- there, there are people that love, 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 uh, Will Compton and and Taylor Wine, mm-hmm. but they their they're're they're kind of own you know they're bro-y, kind of their own thing um I don't I don't dislike it it's just not something I listen to except when they have guests that I really want to hear from um and by the way like a really key part of the show is Michael Chandler MMA fighter who you know, I've known for a long time so he's interesting too on the show uh, but yeah it's just not it's not a show that I love all the time but yeah they have a following for sure I think they do you know they're entertaining they do they do their own thing again not something I would listen to regularly but They're good at it. They do have an audience. They have a following, for sure. And maybe as they step away from football, because their careers are both just kind of coming to an end right now, maybe it's not the same. Maybe it's the fact that they're insiders and they are around and they're in practice every day and they can have that insight. That's what carries the show a little bit. But I think that they'll find their voice even more as they step away and they'll have great guests. They have great connections, all those things. So they can make a run at this. I don't think that Taylor Lewan would step away for broadcasting only. I think it's more, I just don't know how much my body has left. Maybe I can stretch it one more year, but why push it? Why put my – as you said, hey, if a team offers $15 yeah. If a team comes to him and says, we'll give you two years for $4 maybe now it's not worth it anymore. So I think it depends what value he has out there, how his body feels, but it's definitely a consideration now that he doesn't have to play, that he can make money in a different way, and that's very possible that he decides to do that.
1: Are the Titans and the Raiders both in the same situation when it comes to the quarterback position? If it works out the way they want it to, they're competing for the season if it doesn't they pull the plug well because you keep suggesting that the raiders can't really fully pull the plug now because they brought in Devontae adams but then with the titans there's rumors some Derek that derrick henry could be on the move that's pulling yeah. the plug isn't yeah.
2: it yeah i don't think so i mean close to it well the difference that they have is that the titans did draft a quarterback last year and he is not ready but he's at least has a year of development underneath him Yeah, that they've already got that process started in Malik Willis. So that's the difference that the Raiders didn't go in that direction. They didn't draft a quarterback at any point last year to try to, they have chase Garbers on the roster. He's the only quarterback on the roster right now, by the way. Uh, But I don't think anybody sees him as a quarterback of the future. He's more of a developmental backup type guy. So, you know, they are in a different position in that regard. And the other reason they're in a different position is that the division is winnable. It's not like the Jaguars are good, but it's not some massive uphill battle to try to win a division like it is
1: for the Raiders. Like, that's where the differences are. How amazing would that be if they pull the plug? Then what in that division? We have no idea where the Colts are going. Yeah. At quarterback, we think the Jags are on an upward trajectory, but you know, schedule could affect them next year. Teams make these big jumps, and then sometimes. The jump is not consistent. They take a step back. I think we do know where the Colts are going because uh, Jim Merced just came and blurted it out for some reason.
2: Oh, we did? They're, that they're trading up for Bryce Young. Like, well, okay. Oh, like, wow. I don't, this, I don't know where that came All from. All right, let's
1: build on this on the way back. Really? Wow.
0: Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield and Co.
1: Hiring Rex Ryan to be your defensive coordinator would be the dumbest thing I've heard in hours, days, weeks. It is so freaking stupid. Like, you can't find a guy that's been in the game or a little more current with the game. Do you know how much the game has changed even since 2016?
0: Now, back to Cofield and Company at the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. I think if anyone else
1: was going to jump on this one. We're a couple minutes away from talking about what Denver is doing with the defensive coordinator. That was Michael Felger, who does radio and TV in Boston. I think he's very good. Gets himself in hot water all the time. But just annihilating the Broncos for having interest in Rex Ryan. We got to get to that in a second. But Adam gave us a little tease before we went to break. Jim Ursae. The Colts owner by the way is going to be in town how excited are you for this event very and it's not a sit down to you know chat with a crowd about football he's got wide-ranging interests. he's a tremendous musician one of the best out there well he's doing a tour so he must be pretty decent he's sure. a he's a big collector sure. i know that tons of guitars uh, i'm going to try to get because listen i will i interview jim ursay an nfl owner of course but you and John Von Vontola are completely fired up about Ursae coming to town to do a show, a get-together. So sure. we're going to try to get him next week. But you just the said – The problem is we really only have
2: – I mean, we have a lot of questions. But our main lot. question, we don't know if we open to set the tone or if we just close with it in case he leaves. He blurted out what about the draft? So it was it was during the introductory press conference for Shane Steichen the other day. And there was a lot of questions about quarterback to Steichen. And Ursae kind of stepped up and he said – We're not hiding. No one can shy away from the fact that we, of what a quarterback means in this league and how we have to look going forward where Shane and Chris really dig into the draft. That's Chris Ballard, the GM, uh, and really see where you're at. Do you stay put? Do you trade up? There are many things you can do. The Eagles took Jalen in the second round. Although this Alabama guy, he doesn't look too bad, I tell you, but it will be exciting. And everybody's like, wait, wait, you're you're getting Bryce Young? And then he just kind of backed away. Uh, he was insinuating essentially that they've already looked at Bryce Young and they're excited, and and obviously that pick is available. Number one pick is available from the Bears, so they have they're they're picking fourth right now. They could very well
1: move up. So a story emerges at the end of last week that Rex Ryan from ESPN, former head coach of the Bills and the Jets, DC of the Ravens, he of the nepo world nepotism, coming from Buddy Ryan. Rob's still in town, right? Yeah, his brother special defensive consultant with the Raiders. Rex Ryan's going to interview for the defensive coordinator position. So my antennas go up because I've had it out for Rex this entire year with his – and it goes back to last year – his constant badgering and attacking of Brandon Staley in that whole old versus new thing and Rex Ryan going on some weird tirade about going forward on fourth down, but especially when it doesn't work and you know giving up a big lead like the Chargers did Staley disrespects the game with the way he coaches, and basically he's not qualified. Where did he come from? He had no experience. I will not personally attack Rex Ryan. I'm going to stop doing it. I will. We've heard about his work ethic. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that he was interviewing for the Denver Broncos DC job, oh, man, I'm like, let's go. Everyone around the AFC West should be completely fired up. Brandon Staley – Man, if I had the opportunity with Justin Herbert, first of all, I would go for every fourth down inside of, like, three yards from my own 35 on. Let's go. Let's go. I'm not qualified. I'd be yelling across the field. Let's go, bro. Now, it doesn't work because he's upstairs. But I might have, a like, a freaking megaphone. Rex, watch this. And, like, almost like, uh, who's the crazy Dodgers pitcher? Uh, why do I keep blanking on his name? He got cut, right? Oh, Trevor Bauer? Yeah, Trevor Bauer. Remember when Trevor Bauer – spring training and a couple of games is like fastball inside let's go see if you can hit it like tell rex ryan what you're gonna do as the broncos dc go for it on every fourth down um you know game gets out of hand chargers are up you know 38 14 trying to score 60 all right rex Disrespect, right go i would i would love it so much i would love for him to have to face whatever the raiders have oh my god rex ryan drawing up a defense even with really good personnel at the broncos in this era, against the Chiefs, Rex Ryan against Andy Reid. Rubbing my hands together. I'm trying to cover Devontae Adams. Let's go. Twice a year. The idea is kind of absurd. Here's a little more of the uh, Boston guy. I mean, this is I don't even know why he's on this story, but hey, he covers the NFL. He actually ties in Belichick. This has me questioning Sean Payton's aptitude. Like, Bill Belichick hiring Matt Patricia and Joe Judge makes me question what he's got left and, you know, his judgment. I'd feel the exact same way if I were in Denver with Sean Payton. It's like, God, you're an offensive guy and fine. Fine. So why not go hire a young, up-and-coming defensive coach who's in the game, who's up on everything, turn the defense over to him. Instead, you're going to pull a guy off of the TV set? Yeah, it's weird, right? What is Sean Payton doing? But then today I see that the Broncos are interviewing Matt Patricia. Okay, is he just playing games? Is he, or, or better said, is he just doing favors for guys? Maybe Rex Ryan and Matt Patricia, with this defensive talent and all the excitement in Denver, that's what you're going to go for with a DC.
2: Why would Sean Payton hire an offensive coordinator to be his defensive coordinator? That's a
1: good point. Isn't that what Matt Patricia was doing? And you're, you heard Michael Valdez mention. This is the kind of stuff with that Belichick did this last year with Judge and Patricia where you're like, okay, what are, what are we thinking here?
2: It's a little concerning. But what, what, what he also hasn't he hasn't made a hire yet.
1: Well, that was the other point is before we knew that Patricia was getting interest from the Broncos, I think this was done as a favor to Rex Ryan. They're not bringing in – I mean, do you, really, do you really need to do like 10, 8, 6, whatever the number is? Do you need to do that many D.C. interviews and bring in – a guy like Rex Ryan, who's, and again, I'm not an ageist guy. They're Belichick is freaking pushing seventy. Saban is hundred. They're great. Rex belongs on TV.
2: Yeah, I don't even know if he belongs on TV, he, but he doesn't he, belong in a,
1: in a coaching. He's staff. ranted constantly on TV being anti-analytics. That's twenty twenty-three. We'll that's just, that your hire as a DC, and they haven't done anything yet, but the Broncos obviously, are talking to Ryan and Matt Patricia? It's obviously not a hire I would make.
2: If you, if anybody has ever said anything negative about analytics, I wouldn't hire him for a job. If that, But that's my opinion. Uh, but So that wouldn't be the, the move I would make, and I don't think it's a move Sean Payton's going to make, but we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see where he ends up going. I don't think it's going to be one of these guys, but if it is, then we can really start to criticize. Him. Although they've had their moment. As as defensive coordinators, I just don't think that's where I would go now in 2023. Moments they've had. When the original Scream movie was coming out, they were good. Now, like, the new (laughs) reworked Scream movie is coming out. Woody
1: Page of some TV fame and a legend. Another young fella. In the Denver area. Headline, Rex Ryan would complete a Denver dynamic duo. I don't I don't even believe he wrote that. There's no way. There's no, there's no way somebody wrote a positive. He's a really good writer. His lead in the tradition of SpongeBob and Patrick, Han Solo and Chewbacca, Burt Nerney, Evan Costello, Sean Payton and Rex Ryan would make a dynamic duo in Denver.
2: But wait, my favorite part of that is I think I think I could be wrong. I think he's going for SpongeBob and Patrick as like the modern He's like, oh, look, I'll show him how hip I am because I'm going to throw Burt and Ernie from the 70s. And who was the other one? Abbott and Costello from the 50s? Like, oh, that's who my references are? So I'm going to throw Patrick and SpongeBob out as my modern-day reference from, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. Connecting with the
1: kids, those 34-year-olds? Yeah,
2: yeah good work, man.
1: Don't be ageist. <laughs> Don't be ageist. I did not want this whole conversation suck. to... I mean, Felder did go and say, we hire someone young. Spongebob and Patrick, And I like Sean Payton, but it's almost like he's doing a TV show right now. Just yeah, we're gonna get to it eventually, but let's drum up some interest. and Then we'll, we're not gonna hire them, of course, but let's we'll do them a favor. Yeah, do them a favor. Right, I think will help Rex on TV, and maybe Patricia can get a you know, I would a, hope an that analyst job somewhere. Maybe can go to Alabama as a volunteer.
2: I'd say I would hope that's all this is, but I think Raiders fans are hoping that one of them gets the job.
1: What do you mean? Raiders fans would love one of them to get the job. Yeah, that would not be a good defense. No. Lady Rebels are back tomorrow. Another game is they push to go unbeaten in the Mountain West Conference. Two more games left, Thursday and Saturday, and they've actually got some pretty cool collector's items, uh, T-shirts. So tomorrow's a 6.30 start. They've got two T-shirts that you can buy. They're each six bucks. Collector's items, frame them. Uh, one is a back-to-back regular season champions T-shirt and then a another cool Lady Rebels uh, basketball T-shirt. Um... They're cool games. They really are, and it's a good team to root for. They have a lot of good stories. Lindy Rock is fascinating. She's a great coach, and I loved the last game I did on TV. She made a a switch, strategic switch, that blew open the game. They were having a tough time in the first half, the first quarter against uh, San Jose State, and they wound up pulling away from it with a monster second quarter, and it was just a good coaching move, and the, the women took to it. So go check out the ladies either on Thursday or Saturday at the Cox Pavilion as the Lady Rebels make the run at going unbeaten in the Mountain West Conference.
0: Join Cofield and Company on Fridays for the three to six show at the Golden Circle Sports Book and Bar. There's nothing like a football Friday at Treasure Island. Cofield <coughs> and Company presents grab bag. Don't
2: touch it. Don't even look at it.
0: Only on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: All right, thanks again to uh, Justin Watkins, Matt Hoffman, for housing the show today at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. We're gonna be on the road a lot. On the road a lot. Coming up with college basketball around town. So uh, a full week out at the Mountain West Conference tournament at the Thomas and Mack. We'll also mix in our spots at Treasure Island and Silver Seven. So I'm fired up. Love college basketball. Love what's going on down here uh, or down the stretch. Especially in the Mountain West Conference, we open the show talking about the uh, tight window there is for the NCAA tournament. Your verdict on that whole thing? What do you What do you think is going to happen? How many teams are going to make it on the men's side? Four. Really? I was going to say three,
2: but I know well, I said the think, over/under yours, at, at three and a
1: half. Well, I was going
2: to say three, but I think yours was three, so I was going to say four.
1: Well, it was three and a half. I'll go under. You're over. We going to make a bet for the first time in forever or the no, qualifications? I, I just said I, mine was three also, but I didn't want to say the same thing. So we have no bet. Okay can never make a bet with Adam Hill on the show. Uh, yeah, you don't have to lie just for, what, are we going to debate? Yeah, I don't want to say You're going to debate for and not mean it? Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't going to go too deep into it, sure, but I
2: was just going to say a number.
1: Uh, big game tonight, New Mexico is at Boise State. That's on FS1. Boise is a six-point favorite in that one. Uh, I got a little more information. Uh, we talked to that Jay Tust from KTVB. One of the big sports guys in Boise, and I—if he didn't mean this to be on the record—well, too bad. Uh, he was adding to the story. There was a guy next to me. I was sitting on the end of uh, media row in uh, Boise at the game on Sunday, UNLV against the Broncos, and there was a guy who he just—he just screaming and yelling the entire game, and it was all—it was all call-based. And I'm—I'm I'm watching. I'm like, all right, this is this is the offshoot of Leon Rice because he's like that as well, and. As it turns out, because he kept standing up, and I took a picture at one point of him standing up, and I tweeted out something to the effect of, you know, this fan thinks that UNOV's committed 71 fouls tonight. I mean, it was just, it it just was endless, like, enough. And he's, you know, he's kind of clapping in front of me. And as it turns out, Jay was telling me that uh, that guy is a big booster. He mentioned that on the air, but he's also been ejected from a game in the past, which I could see. That adds up. You said it adds up? That adds up, yeah. Yeah, officials officials know who the, the crazy fans are. Yeah, but officials should be able to handle it too. Yeah, I mean, it was in the past. It's been quiet enough there that the officials could probably hear. He was—he actually was yelling. He just kept yelling one of the officials' first name, first names. So I love it. Was, that. I think it was a Mike. He's just like, oh, "Come on, Mike! Stop, Mike!" I'm like, "Bro, just watch the game." And I, I think his daughter was there, and his daughter's like throwing her hands up. I'm like, "Look what you're teaching her." The game, to, the game is a, it's a beautiful – basketball is a beautiful game. We don't have to complain about every freaking piece of contact. So and every don't. time – no, you don't.
2: Sometimes you do. He's teaching her to be, her to be a good fan. No, I like it. it's a
1: terrible fan. Teaching to be your kind of fan. Teach
2: her that load management is good too for the NBA. My God.
1: Can I close with three minutes of a radio philosophy discussion? Because I think this is right up your alley. Well, one I wanted to start out with, you saw that Pat Beverly – said that uh, one of his main goals, because it looks like he's going to – did he latch on with the Bulls as an official? Yeah. Um, one of his main goals is to beat the Lakers in their two remaining meetings, Lakers and Chicago, help knock them out of the playoffs. He's a very angry man. He's driven by angst. He needs to get back to the, uh, lemon,
2: the, uh, the Wings. Oh, no, that was Lou. That was, that was, never mind. It was, yeah. it was the Lemon different. Pepper Wings yeah, at the strip club? Yeah.
1: Not Pat Pev. He's very angry. He probably likes him too. That's what drives him. I know a lot of people who are driven by anger and angst. Sure. Should I mean, radio people be driven by that? Probably. I saw a comment from um, the New York Post dude uh, Andrew Marchand, who fancies himself a radio expert. I could debate with that one, but he wrote a piece about uh, Colin Cowherd calming down from being so edgy, and now he's Uncle Colin, which I, I guess I'm a big fan of Cowherd. We play his clips all the time. Love you know talking about his takes and cross promoting over to Fox Sports Las Vegas. He wrote, as Colin Coward was climbing the rungs to the top of his profession, he was always a fascinating broadcaster, but did not always seem like he had inner peace. I was like, what? This angst has given way to Uncle Colin, a laid-back moniker, blah, 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 blah. Should Sports Talk hosts have inner peace?
2: No. I knew what your
1: answer was going to be. In and fact, In fact,
2: I will make... <laughs> I, I believe that Colin has kind of falling off a little you think bit he's last backslid because he's too
1: happy yeah because he's too so. satisfied you, when you get fat and happy maybe you lose your edge
2: yeah in fact like when when you're saying that i'm like i was thinking yeah you
1: know what he he doesn't have as much of an impact as he used to oh, i think he has mega impact i think he's better than ever but i don't understand the the inner peace thing i think is fascinating because uh when you do shows and it can be i think there for different shows maybe inner peace is necessary like if you do a if you do a rock and roll morning show and you're angry i don't know does it work maybe well if you do like npr
2: it probably doesn't work right if you're doing you know adult contemporary if you're you know throwing to you know stevie wonder yeah it's probably like what are you doing why are you so mad
1: it doesn't work i will say when i saw the inner peace thing i do believe that folks should try to keep what's going on in their personal lives out of the show as much as possible but then this is a great debate then there are a lot of people who believe that that makes people relatable because when they talk about their anger and their problems, they're talking to an audience as anger and problems. And I think if you overwhelm the audience with that, it can be crap. But being relatable, there are tons of shows in radio history that people love because they're like, hey, that's my guy. That's my gal. Yeah, almost I'm every, like them. They're almost, like me.
2: Almost every show that I listen to and love, which I lost one yesterday. It sucks. Uh, but almost every show that I listen to and love is that is I don't, you know, sports takes are what they are or like... Yeah hot takes or political, t- whatever the personal
1: side of things is what I think draws me to listen to the show. Well, that's you, but I, I love this one. I thought this was a great piece of advice from Colin. And I think a lot of broadcasters uh, in this market and outside the market should heed this advice. He said, I think I'm a more joyful broadcaster. And I think it comes across in the air. That's not the important part. Um, I also think I'm a less selfish person. I get so much happiness seeing Joy Taylor, Jason McIntyre, Nick Wright succeed because I got help. Uh, someone passed me the ball Blah 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 blah. I think that goes for all jobs. Your job is to succeed, but your job is also when you get to a certain position, it is cool being a mentor. And I know in your business it's very important. Yeah. And people who are selfish and won't pass the ball in radio, shame on you. That's fair. I do everything I can to hold everyone down. (laughs) No, you don't, you actually, you don't. You don't. I will step up for Adam. He's a big contributor to the show because you do it consistently. You give your ideas. If you are selfish and you half assed that's being selfish. Like a newspaper guy coming in and not making any effort, that's selfish. A lead person on a show o- wanting to be the only star, that's selfish. But like in my business, Pass like, the ball.
2: We have we have you know great young writers like uh, Andy Yamashita and Sam Gordon, and I've
1: told they've asked me for things, and I say screw off. I don't you want know, to hear it. I don't want to hear it. So I'm you. very much I like that advice from Uncle Colin. That's good for everyone. Pass the ball. Make others better.